Oh yeah, hello Groovers. Welcome to International Jazz Day on The Face Radio, the soul of Brooklyn. My name is Maarten Vlot and uh, for the next hour I've got a super special uh, show, super special Liquid Sunshine Jazz Day special, yes. And with me in the studio is my good friend John Mackey, a legendary Australian uh, jazz saxophone player. And we're going to bounce back a little bit with a bounce back and forth with some of our favorite tracks. This is one of my favorite, Curtis Counts. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Yeah, Curtis Counts, dear. Oh, man, what a gorgeous, gorgeous track. Uh, that one is called Complete. Now, welcome to International Jazz Day on the Face Radio. Um, if you want to hook up with us on the chat, go to your browser, type in uh, the Face Radio, no, chat.thefaceradio.com. And, um, well, you can ask us all kind of questions or just let us know if you like the music. We've got some super, super tunes lined up. In particular, I've got, with me in the studio is John Mackey, who um, who is an Australian saxophone player, and um, he's been on my show a little while before, uh, a couple of months ago, together with Miros Bukowski, who was my guest for International Jazz Day last year. Um, welcome, John. Welcome to Liquid Sunshine. Thanks very much, man. Great to be here. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. We um, uh, we've been chatting a little bit about music, and uh, you and I, jazz wise, have a very similar taste in uh, in jazz music. Um, you um, you're a saxophone player. That's 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 the instrument you've been playing that for many years, right? Yeah, well, I started when I was twelve, and I'm fifty three now, so it's <laughs> it's quite a while. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and um, uh, without going too much uh, in the background, I've, again, you know, I'll direct everyone back to the interview we did a couple of months ago. Um, uh, you teach at the um, uh, School of Music at the uh, ANU, the Australian National University here, and you've been performing well for many years as well. Yeah, so I started um, in January 2000 at the ANU. Yeah. And, um, you know, been privileged to, to work there for that long and met many great young students and worked with some great colleagues. So, yeah, I feel very fortunate. <laughs> yeah, uh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, we just found out that uh, one of your students uh, I interviewed last Thursday on the program, um, who's in the band, uh, Muesli Harrison, uh, the bass guitar player. Um, if you haven't caught up with that program, I recommend you go back because it's a really nice uh, show as well. They make some great music. But for now, we're going to stick to uh, to jazz. Um, now, saxophone player, uh, influences, uh, uh, jazz influences. Uh, who's, uh, who's a great influence on you? Well, I've got quite a few, but um, like we all have. But uh, Sonny Rollins and John Coltrane would be the, the first off, off the rank. And um, yeah, I kind of grew up with the music in the house as a young kid. Yes. And um, yeah, so Sonny Rollins was the first major influence. Let's let's yeah. start with a Sonny Rollins track, and you've got a great story about Sonny Rollins yeah. as well. Let's talk about it after this track. I I love this whole album. Well, I love Sonny Rollins in general. Really, you can't go wrong with him. This is way out west. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. 
gorgeous track uh, and just three instruments that uh, every time I listen to this album it just blows me away that all you need is uh, drums bass and tenor sax and it just sounds so so gorgeous uh, and you clearly like it too don't you John yeah I mean that that whole album was one of my big influences as a young kid yeah for yeah. sure yeah uh, you were clearly grooving away with this <laughs> getting into it um and I understand Sonny Rowlands, uh, he wrote to you too. Uh, well, uh, yeah. And w when I changed to um, saxophone from clarinet at age 12, I started practicing like four or five hours a day and listening to Sonny and trying to play like him in the lounge room. Uh, and then I decided to write to him. You know, he's, he's you know, one of my great idols and always will be. And um, I sent the letter off yeah. and then I thought, oh, I'll never hear back from him because he's such uh, a busy and man. And this is before email, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Physical letter. So snail mail, that's yes. right. Um, so, and then a few months went by and then this little letter arrived in the, in the mail and I remember getting it and, and I looked on the back and it had Sonny Rollins, Germantown, New York as the return. <laughs> I went, oh. And then I opened up the letter and there was this single page yeah. folded with beautiful big kind of blue uh, writing, big texter thing saying, John, I'm sorry it's taken so long to get back to you, but I'm writing this at 3 a.m. on tour. <laughs> so glad that you've, you know, you've picked up the instrument and, and uh, all the best with it. Good luck, Sonny Rollins. Yeah. And then, you know. Awesome. I have another part of that story later, but uh, yeah, it was pretty wild to get something You couldn't let go off the saxophone after that, of course. No, yeah, definitely yeah, not. Yeah. No. Now, another influence of, uh, you know, almost inevitable influence is uh, John Coltrane. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I mean clearly such a powerful force. Yeah, to be reckoned with. Yeah, and and, and you know we've we've talked about this uh, before. Uh, I'm I'm one of the few people um, uh, who almost is too embarrassed to say out loud that uh, I've never been captivated by John Coltrane. <laughs> yeah, I you're, you're a brave man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand that on an intellectual level, yeah. uh, but it just doesn't hit me in the feels that uh, that much. Um, but there's one there's one album that uh, that I adore and love very much. Um, uh, and so, I, uh, and on which he features, uh, I th I think John for me for John Coltrane is really good in an ensemble rather than 
you know, as, as a feature artist. But this particular album, um, what's the next track that you've chosen? Um, that's that's from Miles and John Coltrane live in Stockholm. Live in Stockholm, nineteen sixty, um, on Dragon Records. Yeah, and um, so this one's the classic. So what? Yeah, let's let's play this. And and um, when you listen to this, uh, um, you know this is for you, the listener at home. Uh, listen to the different interaction between Miles and John. You know, Miles with the beautiful drawn out notes, and John Coltrane just going ballistic, but being slightly pulled back by Miles. I th I think this is where he is at his best. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was the uh, classic So What. Um, uh, and this is on the uh, Live in Stockholm album as well. Um, now, John, just just fill me in on this. Uh, this this is based on a chord progression of just two chords. Is that right? Yeah. So it's essentially just two chords of the same color. So like a minor, a minor chord. And there's certain scales that you can play over that. And it just shifts up. Uh, um, a semitone, like yeah. half a whole tone, and then back down again. So, 16 bars in one key, up a semitone for eight, and then back down for the last eight to the original yeah. chord at the front. And then yeah. that's the whole sequence, and that's actually repeated over and over again. Uh, and that was uh, quite revolutionary uh, when when this album was released, uh, or the kind of blue album, the Miles kind of blue album was released. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, I mean. You know, Miles was obviously at the forefront of most changes in music, and, yeah. and this is definitely no exception. And it's still one of the, I think, most sold jazz albums in the history of music. It's kind of averages about a quarter of a million uh, sales yeah. each year yeah. since, right. since the record. Incredible. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a pivotal time in music, and Miles was kind of venturing away from playing traditional chord sequences. Yeah. And... Uh, approaching it from a more modal or I guess linear aspect rather than a vertical approach yeah. which kind of Bebop created essentially um, but then ironically you know Coltrane was you know recorded Giant Steps in yes. the same year just a few months apart from Kind of Blue so it was a real crossroads for, for both artists actually Yeah, yeah. and yeah sadly this was Coltrane's last sojourn with Miles in 1960 but wow what a, what a way to go out <laughs> yeah. And you know like that whole tour, including the European tour, was just amazing. That's some of the best output I reckon from uh, that group. It's, uh, it's kind I, of I like the, so the yeah. ultimate group yeah. ever. That yeah. I mean, there's a f- couple of iterations of it, mm. but yeah, what a what an incredible band. Yeah, because yeah. um, who was in the who recorded the so what? So that was Miles and Coltrane. Uh, I believe there was was it Kenny Dorham on there as well. Um, uh, and maybe not on, uh, on that particular yeah, album, yeah. Uh, so that's um, Winton Kelly, yeah, um, and Jimmy Cobb and um, Paul Chambers, yeah, on yeah. that real, real super group indeed, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, let's move on to another track. I like playing music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we want to keep it up a little bit. Uh, we've got On the Sunny Side of the Street by Dizzy Gillespie uh, coming up. Um, and this is Dizzy Gillespie, Sonny Stitt and Sonny Rollins. Uh, now, Sonny Stitt, also an influence on you. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, I, I guess there's lots of controversy around Sonny Stitt. Yes. Yeah. I mean, playing at the same time as Charlie Parker and... Um, I think the story goes, one of the reasons that Sonny Stitt changed to tenor was to get away from the people saying, oh, you just sound like Parker. But he was also creating that material at the same time. Mm. And, um, yeah, definitely one of the great players. And Coltrane was heavily influenced by Sonny Stitt, yeah. especially the articulation. Right, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's have a listen to this. I love this, uh, this track as well. Uh-huh. 
is on the doorstep, cause we gone by and by. Just direct your feet, you'll meet on the sunny side of the street. Can't you hear the pitter and the patter of the raindrops trickling down your fire escape and ladder? Life could be so fine, fine as wine. I used to walk, walk in the shade with my blues on parade. But I'm not afraid, it's over. A classic track and such a good choice, uh, John, because a little known fact is that, in fact, I uh, thought about uh, calling my radio show Liquid Sunshine a sunny side of the street first after this particular song um, because it takes you on such a positive, uh, enjoyable journey. Uh, it's it's a great track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah you can just tell the way they play it. <laughs> yeah, totally right. into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's Dizzy, of course. I mean, Dizzy is is a uh, was always a positive force in in anything that he uh, that he's done. I don't think there's a there's a photo available of a Dizzy where he's not laughing. Well, except smoking cigars. But apart, <laughs> apart, <laughs> well, he's smiling then too. Yeah, that's right. He's smiling then too. So. I love this cigar. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> no, he was he was an absolutely classic. Yeah. 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 Um, now another one, um, uh, Ike Pepper. Yeah, one of one of my favorites. My, my father used to play um, Art Pepper and and uh, Shet Baker a lot as a kid. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to go and my dad took me along to see him when I was about I know, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I m- remember thinking what an impressive artist he was, and he was so different to everybody else that was around. You know, yeah, he really yeah. forged out his own. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I, I, I've got a couple of albums of him. Um, I think Intensity um, around that 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 era where it's uh, again there's so much space in the in the tracks. It's really really quite remarkable. Um, classic West Coast jazz as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then you know he actually pulled out the tenor saxophone as well on yeah. that gig. And of course he was predominantly known for his alto playing, I guess. Yeah. But an equivalent. Um, you know, like very unique tone on the tenor as well, yeah. which was really appealing. Yeah. Um, yeah, sadly missed like all of them are, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So um, we're going to play a track, uh, Minor Yours. Uh, it comes from an album, um, Ike Pepper and Chad Baker together. It's called Playboys. Um, um, you don't see it around very much. Uh, it's fallen a little bit out of favor, I think. But I think it's an underrated classic, this one. Um, and even if it's just for the coffer which is <laughs> yeah, not, 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 you know, it, it doesn't fall uh, within the acceptability range anymore, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, so here are Chad Baker and I, Pepper.
I love this album. It's so elegant. It's really quite remarkable. Beautiful, beautiful melodies together, and and the way they play together, you know, they really pushing each other on to make the melodies even better. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, stunning uh, sensibility. That's and, correct, and and, and great uh, harmonies as well. Yeah, like just the way the voice sings. Yeah, um, and, and I I. It, this was still at a time where Chet was really, um, you know, before the heroin took really hold of him, and it all all became a bit more down tempo for him, which is which is also really beautiful uh, music that he makes. But it's it's so much more grooving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, in the course at ANU, we we use Chet Baker a lot yeah. as an example of how to you know perform melodically and get the singers to really mm. study his. Well, actually, he's singing as well because he he's he plays what he sings. He sings what he plays. That's correct. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to see him just before he died. Actually, mm. Ronnie Scott's club in London. Right. Yeah, he was pretty sick. Yeah. But he played so beautifully. It was yeah, it was quite yeah quite an experience to see him live. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now uh, the piano player on this album was Carl Perkins, and uh, we're talking one of those um, uh, identities who played everywhere, but uh, much underrated. I guess there's there's so many players like that though. Yes, in, yeah. in, in this particular field. Um, but yeah, just another wonderful player that sort of flew under the radar. I guess that's correct. Yeah, it's yeah. not sort of talked about on the same page yeah. as others, but should be. Yeah. Now let's uh, let's let's play a track of another piano player, Bill Evans. Uh, this is uh, I'm going to play a track called Swedish Pastry, uh, live track uh, from the album Life at Shelley's Man Hall. Um, now Shelley Man, he was a jazz artist too, uh, I believe. I can't remember what he plays. I actually haven't got any music. Drums, his. drums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he started his own club in I believe L.A. It was, and that was a, a very very influential uh, club for the West Coast jazz. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if it's still still going, mm. um, but I guess the dynamic of live venues has changed so much. To, <laughs> in the yeah, so in the last to, fifty years, I yeah, suppose. that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, let's let's listen to Bill Evans.
That's uh, Bill Evans there with Swedish Pastry. From live at Shelley's Manhole, uh, we're nearly at the end of uh, this special Liquid Sunshine on International Jazz Day broadcast. Um, we've got one more track in us, uh, but before we go there, I want to thank John Mackey for coming on the program and sharing this wonderful music with us. Thanks so much for having me, man, and happy International Jazz Day to everyone out there. Indeed, and for for all you listeners, uh, stick with us. We've got 23 more hours of International Jazz Day broadcast. There is so much jazz, and you know what? Um, uh, we all uh, love our jazz because that's that's one of the roots, of course, of jazz and f- of funk and soul and beats and grooves, all that we enjoy on um, on the Face Radio. And uh, even better, you know, we all our different, all the different pre- presenters, we never play the same tracks uh, because there is just so much good jazz out there. It's it's almost limitless. So thank you, John. We're going to finish off with Kenny Dorham, Philly's uh, twist. Um, Kenny Dorham is one of those other artists that's um, not recognized for all the amazing work that uh, that he's done. He played with, uh, I believe, Miles a lot. Um, do you know anyone else he played with a lot? Uh, he played with Coltrane a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, there's a whole stack of people that he played with. <laughs> and I know a lot of the students study his, yeah. his work. Yeah. It's beautiful, yeah. All right, here it comes. Uh, Thank you for listening and stick with us on International Jazz Day. (laughs) 